you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. And uh, we started this uh, Christmas series last week on The King Has Come. And uh, as a result of The King Has Come, we said don't be a Scrooge this Christmas. And we talked a little bit about that, uh, how King Herod in that first Christmas uh, did not receive the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as uh, the Savior of the world, uh, though he gave lip service, he uh, certainly did not uh, look to worship him or give his life to him. And uh, we talked about last week how this Christmas, it's really all about him and how we ought to celebrate him. This morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, and we want to talk about not missing out, not missing out this Christmas. You know that the greatest event to ever happen to this world, so far at least, has been the birth the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is known as the first advent. The first advent of Jesus Christ isn't just the fact that he was born. Maybe some of you uh, this month have an advent calendar, right? And we're counting down the days uh, until Christmas. But the advent of Jesus is, is not just his birth. It is also his life, death, and resurrection. And there's really been no greater event in human history than the event of Jesus coming. Yet when you think about how big of an event that is, and that was, God becoming flesh and coming and dwelling among men, there were many that missed it. There were many who did not realize the importance of the event. There was many that did not realize the opportunity that was before them. Now let me ask you something. Have you ever missed out on an opportunity? Um... Sometimes if you, uh, if you like stocks and, and bonds and things like that, if you like a little bit of the stock market uh, and you start following it and understanding, there's, there's probably been more than one occasion where um, if you're old enough, uh, you say to yourself, I wish I could go back to the 80s and just invest a little bit in Walmart and in Apple. If I could just buy a few stocks back then, uh, I would be a whole lot better off than I am today financially. Uh, There was an opportunity there, but not everyone took advantage of it. Not everyone saw the company that they would become. Sometimes we miss opportunities that way. Uh, And what I have found in life is that opportunities never present themselves with a label or a tag, this is a great opportunity. Now, salesmen say that, right, when, uh, whenever uh, they're trying to sell you something or, or companies will put that uh, in their uh, advertising, this is a great opportunity. But, but oftentimes, those aren't great opportunities. They're just things that are on sale. But very rarely do the great opportunities of life label themselves as great opportunities. It's, it's something that you've got to be aware of. It's something that you've got to take advantage of. And, and sometimes people miss those kinds of opportunities. But opportunities aren't just limited to, of course, financial gains and successes. Sometimes opportunities are found in time that we spend with people. I have found that in life, sometimes you'll look back after the death of a loved one and you say, man, I wish I would have taken the opportunity to spend more time with them. Man, they they wanted to spend Thanksgiving with us and I wish I would have had them over. I wish I would have gone over with them, and, and now that time has gone, and that opportunity has been missed. I, I learned a, a, a term, a new term, 
this, uh, this past week was a new word I had never really uh, heard before or, or known before, but it was the word FOMO. Does anybody know what the word FOMO means? My wife said, you know what? Jordan has FOMO. Jordan is our second oldest son, and, and I said, FOMO? <laughs> what, what is that? At first, I thought it had something to do with foam, like maybe he was drinking hot chocolate or something that got all his face. And she said, no, no, FOMO, uh, for those of you that are like me that have never heard of this word FOMO, it's really uh, an acronym for uh, fear of missing out. And uh, when she said that, I thought, you know what? Jordan does have this fear of missing out. If I tell him that we're going to have movie night on Friday, uh, he'll wake up on Tuesday and go, is today Friday? Like, no, okay, okay. And then even on Friday, um, I'll tell him, all right, we're going we're gonna to have uh, movie night at, at 8 o'clock. We're going to be watching uh, Home Alone. And, and I'm telling you, right before we're getting in the car to go to school, he's like, is it, is it uh, 8 o'clock at night yet? And I said, no, it's, it's barely 8 in the morning. We, we're going late to school. We've got to go drop you off. But, but when you come back, and then he'll come back from school. And it'll be, you know, around 4.30, and he'll be like, Dad, is it 8 o'clock yet? Like, no, man, calm down. Go change. Get into your uh, pajamas. Do something. Uh, but he's got this idea of, I just don't want to miss out. Maybe you're like that. You, you don't want to miss out. Well, on that very first Christmas of Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was born, there were many that missed out. I'm not going to really focus on those that missed out, but you can read the, the story uh, slowly, and you'll find that an innkeeper missed out. You'll find that a king missed out. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll find that there were various people that came across the path of Mary and Joseph and, and saw that she had a child and, and knew about the prophecies. Listen, uh, when the, the, uh, the experience happened with the father of John the Baptist, he was a priest. It was in Jerusalem. The priest knew something is happening, something, something God is moving like he hasn't moved in, in quite some time. And yet, when Jesus came, they missed the opportunity. But there was one group of people that were there and didn't miss the opportunity. That was the shepherds that were in the field. That night when Jesus was born on that very first Christmas, on that opportunity, the shepherds didn't miss it. I want to I read that story uh, quickly this morning in Luke chapter 2 and then pull out some truths about why it was that they didn't miss that opportunity. Look at, look at Luke, uh, Luke chapter 2 starting in verse number 8. and We're going to read all the way down. To verse number 20. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and seizeth thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying 
which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The greatest opportunity in their life, the greatest opportunity to be a part of an event that was not just life-changing, it was history-making. How exactly did these shepherds take advantage of that opportunity when so many others missed it? What was it about them that gave them this opportunity to take advantage of? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, I want to give you three reasons why these shepherds did not miss out on this opportunity of a lifetime. To be there, to receive the Savior, to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Notice the first reason there in your notes. The first reason is because they were awake. Notice what it says in verse number 8. Uh, of Luke 2, it says, they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their uh, flock that night. They were keeping watch. They were awake. They were being watchful. Now, of course, the reason they were being watchful in the field in a literal sense was because they were watching the sheep. And and obviously, danger comes at at night, not necessarily always in the morning. There was predators at night that would want to attack the sheep. And so, Uh, Though everyone else in the town was going to be asleep, those shepherds there in the fields had to be awake. They had to be they had to be attentive. They had to be aware of what was going on. And and we and we see because of that, they were able to to take advantage of this opportunity. Because they were awake, they were able to receive any news that was given to them. You know, when the angel of the Lord came to them, they were ready to hear what he said. They weren't drowsy. They weren't kind of half asleep, half awake. No, they, they'd been awake already for most of that night. They'd already been uh, watching and making sure, hey, uh, did you see the sheep over there? Make sure it's not wandering too far. And, and they, they were there doing uh, what they were supposed to be doing. But as they were there, they were awake and ready to receive news. They weren't asleep. They weren't disinterested. They were awake and ready. Can I say this morning, if you're not going to miss opportunities this Christmas, because there's going to be some opportunities for you to celebrate Christmas in a way that will honor and glorify God, to truly celebrate what Jesus did and who Jesus is, and if you're not going to miss that opportunity, you're going to have to be awake. You're going to have to be aware of what's going on around you, of the needs that are around you. You're going to have to be watchful. You have to be awake. I I love what Paul said to the Christians in Rome in Romans 13. He said, And that knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You know what Paul was saying? He was saying, just stay awake. Not literally. He wasn't telling them that they couldn't get sleep that night. What, What he was saying with that expression was, be aware of what's going on. Look at the needs that are around you. Look at the opportunities that are coming your way. Do you know during this Christmas season, there's going to be opportunity to show God's love to others? The question isn't, will there be an opportunity to do that? The question is, are you awake to see it? 
It's going to be an opportunity to, to help someone in your family as you have them over to your house or as you go to their house that maybe is going through a difficult time. Maybe they're battling some sort of depression or anxiety or, or maybe they're just, just battling some circumstances that are difficult in life and, and you'll have a, an opportunity to just pray with them and to encourage them. The question is this morning, will you be awake and ready to do so? Will you show up at Christmas remembering that it's really not about the presents, and it's not really about the food, but it's about the Savior. And it's about representing and celebrating Him and standing for what He stood for. You find that they didn't miss the opportunity because they were awake. They received the news. But because they were awake, not only did they receive news that was given to them, they were also doing what they were called to do because they were awake. They easily could have said, you know, it's really late. And I know we're shepherds and I know we're supposed to stay awake. But you know what? I mean, what are the chances really of a wolf coming by or a lion? I mean, seriously. I mean, we've been doing this for a week now. There's been nothing. There's nothing. I think I'm just going to take a, a quick two-hour nap here. Maybe I'll just sleep through the night tonight and I'll be awake tomorrow night and, and, and I'll just put it off for another day. And, and if they would have done that, they would have missed that opportunity of a lifetime. But instead, they were awake and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And I ask you this Christmas, what are you planning to do? You know, Christmas season and the Christmas time, it's it's an easy time to let ourselves be lazy. We say, hey, it's, um, you know, it's, it's vacation time. It, it, it's time to just sit back and relax and just kind of ease into the new year and, and, and rest at the end of this year. And, and let me say, I'm not against rest. I think you, if you have vacation, you should take vacation and rest. But in that resting physically, you ought not to rest spiritually. Though you may not be at work as you usually are throughout the year, maybe you ought to at least be sure to not let that attitude seep into your time of prayer. In your time of reading and spending time with God, don't, don't allow that to begin to seep in where you're beginning to miss out. Miss out on opportunities because you're not doing what you should be doing what you ought to be doing. Sometimes it's easy to forget about what we ought to do in a time like this. It's easy to forget to pray for our neighbors. I hope you pray for your neighbors all year. But it's easy to forget about that in Christmas. It's really easy to let it slide on helping our children to remember what Christmas is all about, to share with them the Christmas story, to read about the joy that came into this world when Jesus came. First Thessalonians 5.8 says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Paul was ending his letter to those Christians in Thessalonica saying, just, 
just do what you know you've been called to do. You've been called to wear faith and love in your life. You've been called to think with the hope of salvation. And we've been studying what that hope is in 1 Peter the last couple months. This Christmas season, don't miss the opportunities that God gives you. Don't miss out on the opportunities of a lifetime to share with others the gospel message. To encourage others or to love others. To give to others. These shepherds, they didn't miss the opportunity. Why? Because they were awake. Number two, they didn't miss it because they were active. Notice this characteristic that's mentioned of these shepherds after, after they were told of this event, after they were awake and they, the angel of the Lord comes and then the host of angels and tells them all of the news of uh, the Savior being born. Notice what it says in verse number 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. Let us now Go. They were active upon hearing the news. Upon seeing the opportunity and hearing about the opportunity, they got active about it. They didn't sit there and begin to analyze it. They left at once. They didn't, they didn't open up a discussion and say, well, what do you think this means? You know, first there was one angel, then a lot of angels. What do you think the significance of that is, guys? And they start talking about, well... I mean, the angel wasn't that specific. I mean, uh, what, what, what do you remember about the event? And just sit there and talk amongst themselves. They didn't have the idea of just dissecting the message to try to understand every little part of the, of the message. Peace, goodwill towards man. What do you think that means? Man, I mean, let's talk about that for a while. No, when... When they heard that the Savior had been born, they said, let's leave now. Let's go now. You know, if we're going to take advantage of the great opportunities this Christmas that God gives us, you've got to act now. You know, when the best time to give is now, not tomorrow. Jesus gave a story to his disciples of, a man that had the idea of tomorrow always in his mind, but not today. The man was very wealthy. Had so much money that he had to build bigger barns than the ones he had to store his wealth. And he said, I'm going to tear down my old barns, build even bigger barns, and when I'm done with that and when I've stored everything, then I'll tell my soul, be happy, be merry. And Jesus said to his disciples, what he didn't know was, that God said, thou fool, today, today, and so shall be required of thee. He didn't have tomorrow to relax and have fun and live off his wealth. He could have done so much with that wealth. He could have helped a whole lot of people with that wealth. But he had the idea, well, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And I say opportunities aren't there tomorrow. Opportunities are here now. That's why it's important to give now. Can I say, that's why it's important to say, I love you now. 
husband, wife, it's important for you to take time with one another. Now, sometimes we think, well, you know, once we get into our retirement years, then we're really going to spend time together. It'll be fun. You know, once the kids are out of the house, then we can really enjoy life together. Can I say there's no guarantee you even get that far? That's why it's important now. Today is the day that God has given us. That's why the psalmist say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You find... That these shepherds left at once. But notice in verse 16 that it says, and they came with haste. That word haste, it means speedily, right? It means they, they came in a hurry, but that word also has the idea of earnestly. In, in other words, when they went into Bethlehem, they weren't strolling through and going, well, hopefully, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe if we, as we're walking here, maybe we'll run into Joseph and Mary somewhere. Well, we'll see. They weren't like just meandering and wandering through the town. They were going with a purpose. I'm sure they were knocking on doors. Is there a Joseph and Mary here? Uh, no. Okay. We're just looking for him. You see him, tell them we're looking for him. Go to the next house. The, the angel hadn't told him exactly where the baby was. He said in the city of David, there in Bethlehem. They were probably maybe half a mile outside of the town or so watching the sheep. They're going into town. It's at night, and they're earnestly knocking. Are you married, Joseph? Do y'all know them? Do you know that the opportunities that we are given by God, must be met with eagerness. With eagerness, with passion, with desire. Listen, when, when you participate in something, man, give it your all. Uh, whatever it is that you, you want to be a part of this Christmas, that God allows you to be a part of, man, give it your all. Man, I, I've caught myself, I don't know how many times, having to rebuke my own choices. I've had to look back many times where I've had to say, I can't believe a stupid game took me away from time with my kids. I wish I could tell you that every opportunity that I've had to, to hang out with my kids, I've done. I, I haven't. I look back at that with regret. And sometimes it's something as dumb as a game. Do you know the Cowboys play the Eagles tonight? And if they win, my life doesn't change. And if they lose, my life doesn't change. And you know what? For most people, that'll be true. And yet you'll have millions that will be tuning into that game. And miss out on opportunities. Now please don't get me wrong. I watch football games. I'll probably watch a little bit of the game tonight. Problem isn't, can I watch a game or can somebody not watch a game? No, but, 
But let me tell you, if a game is costing you an opportunity, think about it. Really? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Let me give you the third reason and then we'll, we'll end. Not only were they awake, not only were they active, but then they were sharing. They were sharing. They didn't miss out on the greatest event, and they didn't want others to miss out on the greatest event. They didn't want to be the only ones at the party. After they had heard of the news, and after they went earnestly into the city and finally found Mary and Joseph and that baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes, You read verse 17 and verse 18, you find that they began to tell others about it. They began to share that message. Who'd they share that message with? To those that were asleep. To those that were not seeing the opportunity that was given them. They said, let's let's go and tell them, listen, this is an amazing opportunity. This isn't just any baby that has been born. This is not like every other party that you've been to. I'm telling you, this is, this is the greatest party you could ever be a part of. They went to those that were not seeing and aware to see and be aware. You know, we live in a society that's getting further and further away from what Christmas is all about. In fact, we're at a point where And this has changed in the last 20 years. We're at a point where even just saying the name Jesus or the the word Christmas is controversial. Now, just to not use the name Christ, they put an X, X, must. They're blind. They don't see it. But as Paul told the Romans, and how can they hear if there's no one to tell them? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God, but how can they hear if no one tells them? He said, that's why the saying that says, blessed are those, blessed are the feet of those that take the good news to others. These shepherds, just simple shepherds. In the field that were, where they were awake and they heard the news, where they made a decision to go and take advantage of that opportunity, see it for themselves, decided it was good to share it with others. And in sharing, letting them know about what they were missing. Love what the psalmist said in Psalm 71. I put it in your notes. Oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not. Until, he says, I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Psalmist said, man, I got to share this. I know the, the world's philosophy is you only live once. And with that, they're, what they're trying to say is do whatever you want. You only live once. 
experience everything you can because you only live once. And I say I agree that you only live once on this earth. But there are two lives. Those that will live in heaven in this next life, those that will live in a place of suffering called hell in their next life. Though you only live once on this earth, that means this, you only have one opportunity then to live your life right. I can agree, you only live once, yes, you're right, on this earth, only once. What are you doing with that opportunity? I want you to notice lastly that by sharing, it led them to celebrate even more. In verse number 20, it says, and the shepherds returned. Where are they returning? Going back to the field. Going back to where they were at, but as they're returning, they were returning glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Man. You really want to celebrate Christmas, enjoy Christmas, have joy this Christmas and happiness. Share what Christmas is all about. You'll find not only will you help people to wake up to the reality of Christmas, but, but I think what you'll find is that you'll actually celebrate it that much more. The more, at least I found this in my life, the more I talk about it, the more it excites me. I think many times as I look back in my life, the reason Christmas hasn't been as exciting is because I haven't shared it as much. But the Christmas times where that has been shared, my excitement grows. It, it, it just makes the celebration bigger and better. By the way, the first church found this to be true. Acts chapter 2, I put it in your notes, 46 and 47. What did that first church do? Share. Share. It was a distinguishing mark of theirs to share. And the passion for their Savior and the passion for, for the work of God is seen in what they did. You say, uh, did, 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 Pastor, you think the world ever knew about the, the, the gospel message, I mean the world as the people in this world, do you think they all knew about the gospel message at some point? I believe they did. Read the book of Colossians. Paul said in this message that has been taken to all of the world. Either he was lying in that statement or that first church accomplished its mission of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. They do it, sharing, taking advantage of opportunities. You know, I heard somebody talking about um, Paul Revere, and Paul Revere is a, is a hero in America, right, in American history. Why is Paul Revere a hero in American history? Is it because he stormed a castle by himself? Is it because he defeated an army like Rambo by himself? No. Paul Re Revere is a hero 
because he rode through the streets simply yelling, the British are coming, the British are coming. Wake up, the British are coming. And he woke people out of their sleep. And he got them prepared for what was coming. You know, we ought to do this Christmas to not miss the opportunity because our king has come. We ought to wake some people up. We ought to be active in, in ourselves, being eager and desiring to do more for God this Christmas. We ought to share. Because in sharing, not only are we going to wake others up, but we're going to celebrate like we've never celebrated before. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us this Christmas. Ask God this morning, hey, God, I know there's needs. Make me aware of them, would you? Would, would you help me see in my family the needs that are there? Would you help me in my workplace, God, just to, just to know how I can be a help? God, would you lead me to somebody? To somebody that just needs to be woken up. To hear what Christmas is all about. So that they can make a life-changing decision about who Jesus is. I want to encourage us. As the days and the weeks go by, as we get closer to Christmas, let's, let's take advantage. Let's not wait till the 25th. It's too late. Take advantage today of the opportunities that God gives you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word and for your truth. Father, as we think about this Christmas season, when we think about the reality that you came, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of all the universe, took upon himself flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw your glory, we saw your grace because you were full of truth and grace. Father, what a life-changing, a history-making event that is your birth. Father, how sad that there were not cities lining up to receive you. How sad that your creation, for the most part, was even unaware that you had come. What an opportunity missed by so many. Father, I pray that we would not allow that same thing to happen in our lives. Oh, the reality of your coming is what has changed us. It is that truth that has cleansed us and redeemed us. Oh, Father, I pray that we would that we would not miss the opportunities with the salvation that you have given us. We would not miss the opportunity to share it, to celebrate it. We would not miss the opportunities to act upon your love and act in love towards others. 
Oh, Father, I pray that this Christmas would be one in which we truly celebrate, in which we truly take advantage of every opportunity that you give us. Be with us now and this week. Help us to be aware. Help us to be active. And, Father, help us to share. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.